Welcome everybody to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. My name is Rodney E. I am the point god of podcasts here on the Garbage Time fucking podcast. And I've got my regular co-conspirators, my cohorts, my teammates here. First off, Matt, how you going, mate? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. I'm enjoying uh, the playoffs so far. And, uh, mate, we've had some fucking real barn burners in the last couple of days. So um, looking forward to talking about that. Yeah, I agree with you. A few of the margins haven't been great in some of the more recent games, but um, yeah, we'll get all across that after we introduce the Oracle. Frank, how are you going, man? Good, good, Rod. How you doing? Matt, how you doing? I just said how I was doing. How are you doing? Yeah, Um, listen up, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. In all seriousness, how you going, man? Yeah, all right, all right. Just fucking, yeah. Same as uh, just enjoying the playoffs, enjoying these fucking seesaw games. You'll never know, you know, never know what you're going to fucking get. Yeah, there's been some good moments uh, despite some of the games being classed as blowouts. But anyway, we'll get into that. First cap off the rank, uh, let's recap some of the games we've seen in the past week. NBA Playoffs? Recap! Playoffs? Nothing easy! We're going to Game 7, baby! Game 7! Game 7! I thought we'd touch a little bit on the Phoenix loss. I mean, that was a bit of a shock to me just from the way that played out. What do you reckon of that, Matt? Uh, how that uh, Game 7 ended up going? Well, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how many people saw that coming. It was I didn't. out of the clear blue yonder for me. I mean, I had shit all over Luca and uh, the Mavericks all year, basically, and then uh, they pulled out a performance like that. I think it was a combination of they played really well and the, the Suns uh, massively, like, shit yeah. there bed, shit their house, shit their fucking pants, shit everything. They shit in everything. That was uh, covered everything in shit. Yeah, it was uh well, I mean, without putting too far on a point of it, it was one of the most diabolical coaching performances I think we've seen in a long time, I think. Yeah. Jason Kidd, who again is I'm not a fan of as a coach, made a, an adjustment after game two. And then the Suns never did anything differently. Like they never readjusted, never tried to do anything different. They didn't go inside where they should have really attacked the Mavericks. They didn't do that at all. We didn't see a dominant game from Aiton at all, I don't think, during that series. Um, Chris Paul seemed to sort of gas a little bit like, towards the end. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, a, a bit. I'd, I'd put most of that to the to the Mavericks' uh, adjustment in defense. They, because yeah, they did some stuff. They did some stuff the, too. The Suns yep. are one of the worst when it comes to three-point shooting. Amount, like, amount of three-pointers attempted and total made and stuff. They're, they're among the worst. So the Mavericks just stopped them from getting those mid-range two-pointers that, uh, what's his name, Booker and the, the geezer, fucking Chris Paul, love. Yeah, and the other cunt with the long the uh, uh, bridges. They stopped They stopped all those sort of mid-range two-pointers and they just struggled That's right. from three. And they and they, they didn't get Aiton the ball. I mean, when he touched it, I thought he was pretty effective. He only played 17 minutes in the last game. The fact's not all of it. That was a bit of a shock in that game seven that he was benched. For pretty much the second half. I, I don't know what you reckon, Frank, but um, yeah, I didn't see Aiden do much in that series. Maybe he had one good game, 20 and 15 or something, but I mean, that guy, for how he could have dominated with his size and physicality, I, just in my opinion, I, I thought he would have seen a lot more of the ball in the offense, especially the way the Suns were playing it. What do you think? 
I mean, yeah, Dallas don't really have anyone to go up against him. It's no, nah, that's right. That's sort of you know the, the the one type of player they miss is you know a bit of a banger and someone down low that can uh, do that for them, but they don't really have that. And Phoenix wouldn't really um, capitalise on that. Given Phoenix's season as well, I think that's why no one saw this coming. No one saw him completely folding and losing by. 50-odd or whatever it seemed like. But, you know, fucking down by 30 at half time. Yeah, that was bad. 27 points and a half at your home bad. court. Yeah. Just, yeah, it was just fucking just scratching me ass. You know, what the fuck's that all about? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, it just seemed like the Mavericks decided to go out there and shoot 53-pointers and let that be the offense and see how many of those they could hit. They're not. That, I mean, they're not great at three, though. Like I said before, that they, they they'll hit the occasional one, and Booker can heat up. But I mean, they don't shoot that many. Nah, Dallas. I mean, man, Dallas. Dallas's game plan was to go out there and you know, yeah, hoist well, at least forty to fifty threes in their offense, and you know, let that drive their right. offense a little bit. Yeah, well, as we saw, though, man, they're wildly inconsistent because they needed to hit shots. I mean, if they can hit shots consistently, they can beat the Warriors because that's right. just the way the Warriors' defense is. They're just leaky as fuck when they'll, it comes they'll to... They'll give you three-point looks. Yeah, yeah, you'll get a heap of three-point looks, and if you can hit them, you'll win, and they haven't. They didn't do that today, man. No, no, that's true. They didn't. But they had some, uh, you know, a fair few decent looks at the three-point. They just it wasn't falling for them. Didn't make them. I mean, but yeah, I mean, you've got to make them, man. I mean, that's that's your that's your one offensive go-to. That's the only thing you've got when if you're the Mavericks is making three-pointers. You've got nothing else. If you've got no, yeah, solid plan B, you've got to hit a good percentage of those shots. Otherwise, they've got no mid-range. They've got no post. They've got nothing, man. They've got nothing except uh, no. Luca sh- shooting step-back three-pointers and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, everyone gave him credit for being the GOAT in the last game. But today, man, I thought that, again, he was back to his old tricks. He was he's quitting on – it's it's funny because what's he saying? The coach, Monty Williams, accused DeAndre Ayton of quitting on them, and that's what caused an argument on the bench between them. There was a, an incident, right. apparently, and then he got benched after that. Yep. Uh, that's what caused him to sit on the bench. I didn't see him up. quit. Like, I saw him going for offensive rebounds. It didn't work out for him. But I saw him go, trying to hustle and get offensive rebounds. They weren't getting him the ball. A big man's got to get the ball. He don't, he, like, yep. he's in a guard-oriented right. league, if you've got a big man who's who can be dominant, he's got to, he's got to fucking get him the ball, and they didn't do it. I saw today, on the other hand, Luca just quit on possessions defensively, and then when he didn't get a call, he would just fucking pout in the corner and not do anything on an offensive possession. And he, that's, that's quitting. That's quitting on your team. The bad aspects of Luca's game are, are pretty bad, but I got to say, man, like his 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 numbers aren't too bad as far as especially looking at the Phoenix series. He actually did pretty well. He shot a pretty good percentage overall. His three point percentage isn't great, and I don't think his free throw percentage is is good enough either. That's sub eighty percent. Yeah, I mean, um, offensively, you can't really argue with his numbers, man. What I'm talking about is leadership and defensive grit. Like, just a defensive effort. You didn't even bother to close out, really, today, in in today's game. If you looked, you didn't close out on any three. You just turned around and just wait for him to shoot it. Absolutely. He just stepped aside if someone was driving at him, too. Yeah, man. He got a little scratch on the face from Andrew Wiggins there. <laughs> Oddly enough, didn't really complain too much about that. It just seemed like 
the Mavs kind of went out there against the Warriors today with a bit of a game plan to shoot threes again, and it didn't come off. You know, it just really no. didn't didn't uh, play out the same way as it did in the game seven versus Phoenix at all. Well, the, the way I see it, man, is 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 he's a front runner. Luca's a, a front runner in that he's yeah. he's yeah. he's all up and about when things are going good. When the chips are down, that's when you see him fucking crumble, man, and not and, and whinge and complain and not be tough. Not fight through it. I don't see him dealing with adversity that well at the moment. But give him a few years in the playoffs, I reckon. Hopefully we see that sort of shit change. Um, what were your impressions of today's game, Frank? Those were lucky that Golden State weren't hitting the threes. Like uh, Thompson and, and Steph, they were missing him. They were missing him a fair bit in the first half. It could have been so much worse. It could have been like a fucking the Phoenix and, and Dallas uh, score by the end of the first half. But luckily enough, Golden State weren't hitting the threes. But they saw that and they started going towards the inside game. Like Porter Jr. had a you know a couple of good easy shots and you know they worked around it. And all right, we're not in the threes. Let's go for our twos. And they started doing that. Whereas Dallas kept trying to hit, hit the threes and they weren't they weren't hitting him. And then yeah, as you said, there's no mid range game for him really. Um, so not for the not fucked. for the Mavs. No, no, no. Dallas um, don't tend to go that route too often. It's either layups or threes for them. Once Golden State decided to go to the mid-range, that's where they really went ahead in the game as well. They shot pretty high percentage, I think, from inside the three-point line. And I just thought Clay Thompson's game was terrible. Like, he just looked out of sorts, you know? He looked tired, like something was wrong with him. You know, he was just breaking shots. This has been that, but you know, back that long. I mean, uh, he's oh, still come getting on, his. Man, he's he's got he's played a couple of a series now. He's he, he had a bit of the end of the regular season. Been out for two years, man. Yeah, I, I get that, but I he's got to play himself in the shape, man. It's, it's like you can't just get into. You got to play games to to get in game shape. I'm trying to take that into account as well. I just kind of expected him to hit his straps a little bit more in the playoffs so far. The the Warriors win today didn't fill me. F- full of confidence despite how it went. I don't see their defense as solid at all as being able to deal with. You know, if things go right for the Mavs, they could easily get past. If the Mavericks start hitting shots, they can win, man. They can win. If they can heat up, if uh, Bullock and uh, Finney Smith especially. Now, you got to say but- that right. It's Bullock. Yeah, if they can start hitting them, because uh, Dinwiddie, who I'm, I'm high on, I, I love his game. He he's been pretty consistent. Yeah, he's he's good once he gets going. He didn't really get going today. I didn't think. <sighs> It's still a toss-up for me. I really don't know how to pick this series, Frank. What do you reckon? What's your what's your feel on this so far? I mean, it is only first game, but for me, I'm picking Golden State mainly because their experience. And I look at their roster and go, okay, they're a lot more deeper. Um, you know, they had seven players today that scored in double figures, and you can get thirty from Wiggins, or you can get thirty from Paul on any given night too. Yeah, Wiggins played pretty well today, which was a surprise. You know, he was hitting, he was going into the post and hitting shots, which I don't think I've ever seen him do. It was pretty strange. He, he had an exceptionally uh, good game, and he was pretty good defensively on Luca when he jumped on him as well. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna predict uh, Warriors four two. You got Warriors in six. What about you, Matt? What do you, what are your, what's your feel on the? Uh, on the series, how do you think it'll go? I think Warriors. I got no faith that the Mavericks <laughs> can consistently hit any shots. So Warriors easily. You got, you got Warriors in, what are you saying? Oh, I think the Mavericks can maybe win one. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll swerve and I'll say the Mavericks. I, th- I think if they get it together enough, I mean, they have to get it together in, in four games. You know, they have to get it done at home. 
I think they can do that. I think I think the Warriors don't fill me full of confidence, mainly because defensively they suck half the time and they take a lot of chances on offense. So they're going to give the other team a chance to win. It's just whether the Mavericks are uh, good enough. Like you said, Matt, you know, they need to make a good percentage of those three-point shots. If they don't, they're going to struggle because they yeah, don't really have anything else to go to other than Luca trying to physically dominate against Curry and Paul and these guys who uh, were described as, I think, traffic cones by Patrick Beverly, were they? <laughs> or am I am I recalling that right? Or uh, I've seen him. I've seen him every day on ESPN on different shows on Get Up on. Uh, He's just fucking mad enough. Uh, on, on Inside Beverly. the NBA. I've seen him on all these shows. And I was like, when I saw him talk, I was like, is he fucking, has he retired? He's going to have to go out. He has to play <laughs> next season. He's, he's against all these fucking dudes. He gives, he's giving them ammunition. And I'm like, this guy's a guy who averages, what, eight points? Yeah. Fucking three assists. And he's talking like that, man. I was just like, you are fucking, mate, you're going to, next season, he's going to get fucking pounded. Like Roasted. a fucking Costa Rican whore on fucking Cinco de Mayo. It's going to be a That's fucking... It. It's going to be bent over and and yeah, uh, multiple implements. And he thinks he's a def- like a good defensive player, man. I mean, he's got uh, attitude. I don't think he's that good of a defensive player, though, <laughs> that man. Make I don't, him. I don't, he's not shutting down anyone. He could not have that attitude and still be just as good defensively, I think. Yeah. You know? I was just, surprised after the first day of ESPN, like when he got on ESPN after the trash he was coming out with, I was like, shit, okay, well, that's it for him. His uh, broadcasting career is over. But no, I brought him back for the next three days and he just continued to mouth off. And I was just like, man, this guy this guy doesn't – he's trying to build a – well, he's trying to build a broadcasting career and he's trying to forget I about his so. playing career. Now. Yeah. He's just a, he's a little pest on the court. That's all he is. He's just a fucking yeah, pest. An annoying, Which is valuable, though. Pest. That's valuable, like, I think, in, in, in some teams. Oh, it is. It is. It's, it's the way he plays. And, yeah. you know, he, do, he doesn't give up and he shows a lot of heart and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a pest on the court. But, uh, yeah, he's not great defensively. He's just annoying little pest. He's Well, I think he's pretty decent defensively. You know, he's pretty, Oh, he's, he's, he's he can, decent, but he's not. You know, he's not fucking world changing. I don't think he's elite. Like he's not an he's not Gary Payton to elite defensively. You know, no. I think my, most of that stuff's media filler. You know, we've had a few gaps in game days. ESPN are pretty desperate for content and stuff. They don't know what to put out there anymore. So why not chuck Patrick Beverly out there and let him mouth off for a few days? <laughs> like, who the fuck cares? Who exactly. him? Him exactly what fucking... Matt said. Who the fuck cares what the hell he's saying? He's not a threat to their team's chances at winning the championship, probably. So <laughs> I, I think he kind of works on that squad because he's with a bunch of younger guys. You know, he brings that sort of energy into the game and gets them motivated. But once those guys learn to motivate themselves, they don't need a guy like Beverly mouthing off all the time and trying to get in the face of the other team. Give him and fucking Kendrick Perkins a show. How entertaining would that be? Well, I like Kendrick. Put them both on the same fucking show so I can ignore them both at the same time. <laughs> I don't mind Kendrick Perkins. He mainly is respectful, though. You know what I mean? Like, uh, tell him the pretty like it is. You could tell that everything he had an agenda with Beverly. He was like, yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> he's, he's got beef with Chris Paul for three or four seasons now, and he was just yeah. fucking getting emotional, letting his emotions. And I was Jesus Christ, you're going to pay for that, man, next He season. didn't uh, have Westbrook to go at, so he went at Chris Paul. Boring. 
Fuck Patrick Beverly. Uh, he's not in the playoffs. Teams that are in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference are Boston and Miami. Before I say anything about this game, what what uh, did you watch the game in full, Matt? Or? I did watch it. I was uh, Well, I had a few takeaways from that. I was extremely impressed with both of them. I thought it was a great game. And it was good to see two tough defensive teams going up against each other. I think that that was an uh, intriguing sort of matchup everywhere, up and down the, the roster there. Uh, Tatum started off really well, like basically just looked like he didn't miss, miss a step from the game seven a few days before. Carried a bit over. Yep. Yeah, and I actually th- thought like Struess didn't look good after we pumped him up. I pumped him up last episode. Uh, he looked terrible in the first few minutes there, and I thought, shit, the Heat here are looking pretty shaky offensively. Uh, it looked like they lost uh, all confidence. In the beginning, yeah. Yeah, until uh, Tyler Hero came on. Tyler Hero, he came on and made a few shots and sort of instilled a bit of confidence in him and got him going, kept him close. And uh, I thought that was huge. Yeah, we didn't check him well enough. We didn't keep him off the three-point line anywhere near well enough when he when he came out there. Yeah, and then uh, I think it was just, uh, I don't know, man, just the, the junkyard dog, uh, Jimmy Butler, just wouldn't be denied, really. He was didn't in his bag. Free. He was in his wheelhouse. He didn't do anything that was out of his comfort zone. He was nope. uh, shutting down people defensively. He was uh, taking it to them offensively. Hitting them in Tatum's face at the end. Yeah, and some beautiful blocks by... Uh, uh, Adebayo and uh, Butler as well. Um, it was just great to see two defensive teams really really going at it. We enjoyed that a lot. Frank, you see the full game or uh, how did you go watching it? I didn't see the whole game, but I've seen a fair bit of it. Yeah, Boston came out played really well without you know, Marcus Smart and, and Horford. I'm thinking, I don't know yeah. how that's going to go. But then the second half, like, fuck, Miami went on a 22-2 to run. That third, that third quarter, yeah. Yeah, the third quarter. It's like, fuck. And, yeah, Butler, I love, love him. I reckon he's a great player. I, I was absolutely, you know, devastated when he, when, uh, he got traded from Chicago because, you, know, you know, I've watched his, you know, all his career in Chicago from when he only averaged four points per game in his first season to, you know, where, where he is basically now. And, uh, yeah, he fucking, he just took over. And this, this is going to be a great series. This is going to be the series to watch. That's for sure. I can't pick who's going to win this series at the moment. There's a bit of an opinion about Jimmy Butler going around in different media circles saying he's the best gamer in the league. Like he's... Oh, when it comes to com- just to competing. Yeah, when, he, when yeah. he needs to raise the level of his game, he's one of the best that can do that that's in yeah. the NBA. 100% effort, total elite competitor. Maybe the best there is maybe in the league right now. And At raising his game before. because... because it's shocking can... that he's been through so many teams when uh, you need a guy like that is uh, worth his weight in gold. I reckon he's landed in the right organisation though he'll retire at the heat I reckon yeah it seems him and uh, Pat Riley's sort of uh, sensibilities seem to match up really really well I think they're a pretty good yeah pretty good match for each other Miami are always going to be a tough team uh, I think Boston expected to be without Marcus Smart that Horford won wrong-footedness a little bit being that it was only a couple of hours before the game that they had to restructure things I think they were counting on him being in the game before then looks like he's out until at least game three Boston did start well we hit a good amount of shots Tatum hit a good amount of shots Jalen Brown wasn't there though didn't really cite Jalen Brown until probably the last quarter really that's his most meaningful minutes came then I think we really needed like when things dropped away in the third quarter and they got it the Celtics looked, looked a little tired to me they looked a little bit discombobulated a little bit tired a little bit worn down from yeah, thin on the, the bench down a few players yeah I think they I think you're right I think they hit a wall 
probably a bit, but you can't take anything. Like, like you said, the media though, the, man, I think they get it wrong. They were like, oh, fucking Boston threw this one away and lost it. No, nah. Miami won. Miami won because they were better, man. Oh, they beat us for sure. Yeah, they were the better team. That third quarter, basically, that was the game. I expected the margin to be a lot bigger, but Boston proved that they could reverse things in the last quarter at least and gain a, a, a little bit more, a little bit of indignity back, I guess, in the game. I think Marcus will return for game two. He's, I think, listed as probable, Frank. Is that right? Yeah, he's yeah, listed as probable. So I think there'll be a game time decision, I think. It's going to be... I, I think we need him out there. I think he was probably one of the glaring omissions in that game one. We really needed him to lock up on Hero when he came in and not let him get loose. Prior to Hero getting a few good looks and making him, thought Boston were doing pretty well. So, I, I yeah, it's hard to see he's going to win big, it. The, as equally as big as Jimmy Butler, though, I reckon, was uh, PJ Tucker. He's uh, When he went yeah. down with that ankle injury... Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this is not looking good. When he came back, man, on the bad ankle, I think that inspired the rest of the team too. I don't think that can be understated. The guy like PJ Tucker, man, he got in there, his ankle was hurting. He was fucking defending Brown. He was defending Tatum. He was doing a great yeah. job. He was rebounding. I think that that just sort of galvanized him a bit and Butler went to work after that. It's it's crazy to think that the Bucks just let him go, man, because I didn't want to give him, what was it, $5.5 million over two years or something like that. They didn't want to pay him that much, so they let him go. A guy that important. Yeah, I guess in preference to yeah, keeping they some needed, other guys, they did. Well, they did let him go. Yeah. Keeping yeah. who though, man? Keeping keeping who? Like letting go of PJ Tucker and getting Grayson Allen. Yeah, I mean, big fucking decision. fat zero. I'm, like, not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that move. I'm not getting Grayson Allen. I hate that. Well, it, it's fucking one of the. Idiot. It's got to be one of the one of the fucking stupidest GM moves in recent history. The head scratcher. Yeah. Yep. He's he's fucking crucial, man. He is so important to, especially to a team that plays defense like this. I thought that that was a crucial part of the game too, where he came back after that twisted ankle. We were missing that toughness that PJ Tucker brings into a game. Marcus Smart brings that same sort of toughness in generally, especially on the defensive end, and he does make the occasional three when uh, the other team leaves him open as well. So I think he makes a bit of a difference in game two. I'm I'm almost hundred percent if he's at all right to go. 70% and above, I think, see Marcus Smart out there for game two. Obviously, I've still got Boston in this. Uh, I think we can get past Miami eventually, and there'll be a pretty decent film session happening, I reckon, today. Uh, I reckon they'll be <laughs> all sitting around watching that third quarter, seeing where it all went wrong. So hopefully you may get some uh, appropriately motivated for the rest of the series because yeah we gotta knock this Jimmy guy off man he's too tough he's too good we get a chance at all we gotta we gotta knock that guy out and make sure he doesn't get back up yeah and uh, pray that Adebayo doesn't start getting going offensively well which he hasn't it. really has, didn't in game one, but contributes in so many other areas as well he just shores up their defense he can bring the ball up as a center and distribute the ball pretty well as well. He's a really overlooked player in the league, I reckon. He's 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 right up there with some of the best players because of how he's able to manipulate this, the center position. Like, you don't really see... You, you play like Kevin Looney, you don't see him. Although, in saying that, today he did uh, assist on a few few things, I think. Adebayo gets going, and Jimmy at the same time. That'll be really, really tough to contain for Boston. Oh, they work 
cut out for him. But I uh, certainly haven't lost faith after that first game. For, for me, Hero's the uh, X factor. If he gets going, is it moment going to be very, very hard to beat. But um, if you can contain Hero, then Boston are in for a massive, massive chance. I think Struess as well. We can't let him get a roll on and start hitting three-pointers. You know, we've got to make sure he doesn't get easy looks because he can get on a, on a roll and hit four or five very quickly, which is a, a you know, big weapon that Miami have. Fuck him. Let's go, Boston. We can take him. Just quickly, let's touch on the rookie teams, Frank. So life of Josh Giddy, the Australian angel is for the streets of Adelaide. Was that announced today? Yeah, that was announced today. And, yeah, uh, they chose to d- to diss Australia's favourite son, Josh Giddy, today. Did they? Is this? And who judges these fucking teams, Frank? Is it? Uh, is it mainly? Is it just just across the the whole? You know, uh, bunch of fucking clowns. That's fucking who. Yeah, it's not just ESPN, is it? It's it's just. Is this an aggregate decision across you know d- different media fucking organisations or? Is this just ESPN or? Well, you you think it'd, it'd be the same just as all NBA teams? So you think the uh, yeah, yeah the of... media votes on it, right? Like all all different members of the media vote on who should be on these teams. Uh, I'll tell you, what, I'm I'm fucking pissed about this. Give us some detail. I mean, all right. So I mean, the year he had, yes, he was injured for a bit, but you know, he was the third youngest player to get ten assists in the game. He was the second player in NBA history to get a double double with no points at all. Um, he was Western Conference Rookie of the Month four times. That was October, November, January, February. The youngest ever player in NBA history to record a triple-double. And then he went on to do another three more. He averaged 12.5 points, 7.8 rebounds, 7.6 assists. And you don't get first team? Get fucked. Yeah, I mean, who's in there ahead of him? Mo Wagner? I think he averaged like 15, 16 a game, but, um, you know, he wasn't a massive influence for Orlando. Yeah, you don't judge this thing completely on points per game though you look at the whole contribution the the player is making to the team the other thing i noticed is it was completely positionless like they just had a bunch of guards on the second team and a bunch of forwards on the first team that's what it looked like to me Bonnie barnes evan mobley kate cunningham jalen green franz wagner on the first team and then the second team was oh, so it wasn't mo wagner it was franz franz <laughs> Got the got the uh, the wrong brother, the wrong Wa- the wrong Wagner brother. But yeah, and then yeah, second team was Ayo Decimo, Chris Duarte, if that's how you say his name. Yeah, yeah that's Bones Highland, Herbert Jones. Herb made the second team. Herbert Jones, yeah, yeah, he was he was good. I think I I, I think he started pretty slow, but had a good finish to the year. Played well in the playoffs too. But uh, you know, fuck the US uh, basketball media in general. If the how is Josh Kitty not in there? He's just he had a crazy season for me. He did yeah. some crazy shit out there, and uh, I don't think anyone expected it. You know, no one, um, no one projected it. No one said, "Oh, you know, watch out for this guy" or anything. It was just picked up fairly high in the draft by the Thunder there, and rolled out for fifty-four games. Played thirty odd minutes a game too. Played a good number of minutes. I guess they factor in the team's record a bit to this. 
right, Frank, they must factor that in, you know, oh, in terms yeah, of... Yeah, they must. And the thing with Giddy as well, like, he injured his ankle in the first game of the Summer League, so he wasn't really able to sort of, you know, get his feet in and uh, just sort of adjust a little bit to the game. He was just sort of, you know, I'm injured, comes back in the regular season and starts playing and starts doing his shit. Yeah, let's let's hope he sees the same sort of opportunity next year. Maybe alongside a... Uh, fuck, and maybe alongside a Chet Holmgren. Yeah, who else is there? The Jabari Smith? He's Joe Smith's son, right? Is that so, Joe Smith's son? I'm pretty sure. I think that's what they said the other day. Uh, that right. Joe Smith's son. Yeah, that's something I didn't know. Yeah, the third guy in there is probably Paolo uh, Banchero, who I saw play in the NCAA tournament for Duke a little bit. Kind of, it looks like it looks similar mold to Grant Hill, that sort of player. Maybe a bit bigger than Hill, actually. He's about 6'10". Either of those players could go number one. They could or any, any one of those players could end up playing on the Thunder or maybe none of them. Maybe it'll be someone else. Who knows? Anyway, let's move on to Hero and Zero. Hero. Being that I still haven't decided what the fuck mine are going to be yet. Matt, how about you uh, set this one off, mate? Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I think the Hero has to be, well, for me, Jimmy Butler. I was really impressed, man. Just what a performance. Jimmy Buckets. And uh, I think I saw a stat the other day that said he's had four 40-point games in the playoffs, zero in the regular season. So that's the, that's you know that's uh, an all-time elite player when they step up for the playoffs, and he's has seemingly done that every time I've seen him in the playoffs. So I was, man, impressed with him. Probably with and- the exception of last year, right? Like he, that they didn't go so well last year, but outside of that, every other playoff series, yeah, Jimmy yeah. is raised raised the level of his game, uh, just yeah, exponentially. Yeah, yeah. So can't wait to see the rest of that. Uh, series that's going to be great, and uh, I think the zero it has to be Monty Williams. In uh, like I said before, one of the worst coaching performances. I mean, you could easily pick the whole team because well, wins yeah, season, to yeah, play I out mean, like that, pretty bad, you know. Yeah, that's game seven was a combination of them not being prepared and coming out and playing and wanting it, and terrible preparation. The I think that they thought that they had it. I think that uh, Monty didn't prepare him well at all. And then just to go and blame DeAndre Ayton like that, I think, was just a real lack of uh, analytical, <laughs> like, Shades. how do you... Yeah, Shades I don't know. Of, uh, Doc Rivers, right? Like, just hanging his players out to, to dry. Well, yeah, they, like, uh, I'm not sure how he, what he was watching and in saying that he was quitting on him. I don't see that. I don't really see that at all. But, uh, yeah, to, an ability not to adjust to, you know, the game... Like, he had four games to, to adjust and right. didn't. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Yeah, one of the biggest, uh, you know, uh, you know, dropping trowel and just fucking shitting on the floor in recent history. Yeah, it was a bad one. Really bad one. Historically, record-breakingly bad. Yeah, and also probably says a lot about Booker as well. I mean, I don't think that, yeah, everyone's been high on him. I don't know. When I look at him, I just see a guy, remember when he scored 70 points? And, yeah. And... They still lost by thirty or something like that, and and they were all celebrating, and he was fucking happy as Larry and fucking talking shit on Twitter, and I was like, man, you just scored seventy points, lost by thirty, like, and you're happy. That says a lot about a person, I think, yeah. and what what sort of competitor they are. So, uh, yeah, man, maybe he's not the guy that we thought he was. That's possible. I, I haven't been too high on. Booker myself anyway like I, he doesn't impress me much and the first half of that game seven what did he, he miss his first 10 shots or whatever yeah that's yeah that is seemingly doesn't have any competitive me. spirit like you have to have a bit of Kobe Bryant no fight there's no fight no. in him 
Yeah. Anyway, fuck you, Monty. You're the zero and you're out of the playoffs. Frank, who you got, mate? Well, mine is sort of... They tie in with each other. My hero and zero is the Boston Celtics. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, now, talk, talk I'm going about back breaking to, the rules um, of your own segment. Uh, now, you'll, you'll see what I mean when I explain <laughs> it. Now, I don't know okay. if you guys saw it, but I'm going back to game six between Boston and, and Milwaukee. And they cut to a photo of everyone's big friendly giant, Taco Fall. Did you guys see this? Yes, he, yeah, he was yep. in the audience for that game six. That's right. Now, he was on, you know, centre court, front row tickets, I should say, just sort of uh, not on the sides, but sort of to the side of the rim. So it's all sort of flat there. It's not raised or anything like that. He was at the very front. Now, you imagine being behind him. You're not going to see shit. You're, you're not, not going to see, see much. anything. No. The guy is seven foot six or whatever. He's not going to really see around him too much. Exactly. Now, how excited would you be? I've got fucking... I'm going to see the fucking game six <laughs> pretty much on the court. How good is this going to be? Turn up and you're all excited and then fucking... And uh, there uh, he is. Hey, there hey, he is. He fucking comes in and sits right in front of you. How fucking pissed would you be? How How is this Boston Celtics fault? Now, he, that, that, Taco, that's, that's what I'm Taco leading you to. He chose to sit there. He chose to go, yeah, I'm okay with sitting there. So... So this is what I'm leading into. So now the hero part of this is, you know, they, they must have seen this on TV, whatever. So some Boston guy comes out with a couple of fucking pillows or some shit and gives it to the nice friendly girl behind Taco Force. So she's sort of raised a bit so she can see a little bit more. Yeah, so, propped her up. Yeah. But then what about the, the cunt that's behind her now? It's creating another problem. Creating another problem. Fucking Taco's there and now this... This girl on these fucking pillows. Now, what's he going to fucking see? The domino effect. Then you have to get the person behind her, prop them up, person behind them, prop them up, as far so, as it goes. So, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a hard call. You can't really say, <laughs> oh, can you, can you sit me somewhere else? Because I can't see shit. It's too late. It's too late. Once you find out Taco's in front of you, you're just like, oh, no. The Celtics must have known, though. I find it hard to believe that Taco Fall buys a fucking front row ticket to the game and they didn't know a former player was coming to, like... Pretty sure so they would have known, yeah. They they know, and then they know the fucking, there's a fucking eight-foot-seven fucking, you know, <laughs> streak of duck shit going to fucking sit in the front row. I'm with you, Frank. I think that uh, the Boston Celtics should be cancelled, should be kicked <laughs> out of the league immediately. Harsh penalties coming your way, Boston. And well, but you know, put, it's a bit, put you know, giants in the crowd. Don't. What are you putting them in the crowd for? Well, yeah. maybe maybe the zero should have been Taco Fall for buying the ticket in the first place. And going, well, man, he's, he's not buying that ticket. He's getting nah, given that nah. ticket. He's getting given that ticket. Why don't I put him in the box? Put him up the fucking top in a fucking VIP box. Yeah, let those fucking rich cunts look around him. <laughs> yeah, what's going on there? I want answers Celtics. to you, Frank. Jesus. <laughs> Rod, get into them. Fucking email them. Say, what the fuck's going on? Uh, all right. Well, I'll start off with the zero because I've decided what that is. And it's the fucking TNT broadcast for not displaying the three-point stats on today's game in the the Mavericks-Warriors game today. Like, the, there was just brick after brick three-point shot. And all I wanted to see was how bad they were shooting. Now... They don't put this shit up on the screen. 
every time there's a free throw, you see the free throw statistics. I, I saw the stat. I don't know what the fuck you were watching. Did Harry brick no, a free throw today? I did I see it. that or did I? It well, almost two in a row he bricked, which was there. Yeah, that was a that was a weird thing. But honestly, nah, Frank, that's that that three point stat comes up for one second. You blink and you miss it. And they flashed it up. They didn't flash it up more than twice. And that's I'm sure there's something in the NBA. Oh, don't say anything about the three-point shooting when it's not going well. Don't focus on it. Focus on other things. It's like sometimes it really sucks. Like watching a game where it's just clang, clang, and they're just coming down and just doing the same thing. Like they're not even mixing it up. It's just let's shoot the next 10 threes and see how many we hit. Just kick it out for three. So when it's going bad, TNT... Fucking tell us how bad it's going so we can hate on it properly. Now, my hero, who is my hero? Frank. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a candidate. He's a candidate. Um, all right, this is basketball related, but not NBA related. My hero is a ex-AFL football player, Jared Ruffhead, because he has a team playing at Albert Park where I referee on Wednesday nights and uh, I noticed he was down there the other day. He's actually a really good basketball player. But he lived in the country. I thought he retired to fucking the, the country. He lived in Melbourne, does he? Maybe he just travels up on Wednesday night to play basketball down here in preference to pay, maybe he plays in Ballarat on, on different nights. I don't know. But he's definitely there on Wednesday night and yeah, I was fanboying out a little bit um, seeing him play basketball because I'd never seen him play basketball. I heard about how good he was and yeah, Clearly, he's played basketball heavily throughout his life and he's exceptionally good as quite as sort of a large point forward sort of quite he's still quite big as well like the other people just bounce off him because of how big he is so shout out to Jared Ruffhead yeah Hawthorne legend or well, uh, ex uh, ex Hawthorne uh, premiership winning player and uh, magnificent basketballer yeah he's my hero for this week Definitely. If you don't know who he is, uh, look him up on YouTube. Just type Jared Ruffhead kicks six goals in a f- final in, uh, where was that? That was uh, oh, a long time ago. I was there anyway. That'll just about do it, I reckon. We've gone uh, gone on long enough here. Is anyone going to tip a winner between Boston and Miami yet? Well, I'm definitely going. I, I, I say yeah, Boston. Miami. I think Miami. You think Miami, Matt? What about yep. you, Frank? You going to make uh, a uh, prediction <clears throat> or? What, how many games, Matt? How many games? Oh, I think we'll probably go six or seven. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Frank? I'm going Boston. Yeah, you think Boston could do it? Do you think this goes seven or? This will go seven. It'll go Boston, I, yeah. I mean, by then, I think, you know, Smart will be back. Horford will be back. And, yeah, I, th- I think offensively, they've got a little bit too much power for Miami. Miami will, can struggle to score sometimes. And, you know, with Boston's defensive prowess, I think it will run them down. I think with Marcus Smart back in the lineup for Boston, that will improve their defense a lot, especially at the guard spot, and hopefully give us another semi-offensive threat on the other end. Um, Bear in mind that a Game 7 means Boston winning Miami in Game 7 because they have the home court. I think Boston will do it in six. I think they'll be aiming to do it in six games. I think we'll see, also we'll see a vastly improved 
strategy against the Miami Heat. Uh, I think Boston definitely taking that one out. So I'll definitely be watching that. Let's wrap it up, guys. Thanks once again for joining me today. It's been my privilege and pleasure to have you both on the pod here. And I'm glad we're back to doing regular weeks, getting some momentum again, tweeting a few things out on the on the on the Twitters, on the Instagrams, on the Facebooks. Matt, thanks for coming on again, man. Always a pleasure, mate. That's always uh, always good to yak on about some basketball stuff. Yeah, mate. Uh, always a pleasure. And Frank, been awesome once again. Let's see how close you are in the uh, in the predictions here. Got any final thoughts on the how the rest of the things will will play out in the uh, NBA playoffs? Um, yeah, I say Golden State in six. I don't think Dallas will get that close to them. And um, but yeah, Boston, Miami. That that's that, that's a real hard one to pick. But uh, I mean. They're both going to be entertaining to watch and, uh, you know, the best time of year as well. So always a pleasure to come on and chat a bit of ball to you guys and for our listeners. So, yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Did we Actually, just, just one final thing. Did any of us, I know I didn't, but did either of you guys select the Warriors to win the championship when we were doing sort of predictions early in the year? No. No, we Definitely both. Didn't. Matt, and I, Matt and I predicted Milwaukee. Yeah, I think... We might have been talking about Steph Curry winning MVP early on. I think that's what I might be remembering. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's it probably no one would have had, you know, potentially a Miami Golden State final or Boston versus Dallas. You know, no, I don't think anyone would have had that at, uh, even halfway through the year. So, um, yeah, it's pretty wide open, pretty interesting. We'll see who wins. And we will chat at everyone again in about a week's time. And uh, that's been the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast for another week. See you later. See ya.